So imagine what happens when kids return to school. Those who experience summer learning loss spend time in remediation, while other students who have maintained their skills over the summer get the opportunity to be enriched, which allows them to be more efficient and have opportunities to get ahead. There is also a domino effect in place for this group as well. However, in this case, children are more prepared for success in their future. This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mom of four, Jessica Shields. Welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. I am so glad you are tuning in. And I'm just so excited about talking to you today about that summer regression, summer slide. So I do want you to understand some things about this particular topic. So I'm going to do my best to break it down to you so that you understand the importance of your involvement in making sure that your child is having the best opportunities to be successful in the future. Now, we are talking about this idea of academic regression, right? And this happens oftentimes when we encounter long breaks, whether it's a long winter break. I know some school districts have three weeks off, some have two, but whether it's a long winter break or spring break or the longest break of them all, summer break. It really is important that you understand that your child could lose their academic skills simply because their brain is not being exercised and stretched enough to keep that wonderful momentum that happens throughout the school year. And that's why after every long break, you probably notice teachers are what? Spending those days, those first days, sometimes weeks of school, reteaching kids how to behave, the classroom expectations, other routines that they may have forgotten. And much of this time, of course, is also spent reviewing the previous year's content. And that's to rejog their memories, to make sure they're reactivating those brains that have been kind of on that vacation mode for some time. And they simply forgot the skills that they once learned. So again, we're going to be talking about some things that you can do as a parent to prevent what educators call the summer slide. So slide, think of regression, going backwards. So I want you to hang around for that and also for your loving reminder and your challenge because I promised you it will bless you. Now let's talk about this summer slide. So it's also known as summer academic regression, also called summer learning loss. So you'll hear me say summer slide or learning loss. I'll interchange those terms. But again, it refers to the loss of those academic skills and the knowledge that students may experience during a summer break from school. However, 
many parents may not be aware of some of the statistics associated with this phenomenon. So I want to break that down to you so that you are well aware and you can share with a friend what you have learned or just even to make sure that you understand that if you knew this already, hey, this is validation, right? So the research suggests that Students can experience a loss of around two to two and a half months of grade level equivalency in math skills. That's just math. And on average, one to two months of reading progress over a summer break. And we know how hard it is sometimes for some of our kids to learn and how they have to struggle through learning concepts, many of them, not all, but many. So we don't want to, them to lose anything. Very detrimental. It could definitely hurt. And so when we're talking about how it can hurt them in the long run, this is what we call a cumulative effect. So that's what happens over time of not having access to stimulating activities over the summer. So over time, summer learning loss can pile up summer after summer after summer. And by the end of, say, elementary school, we might see kids typically from lower income families really behind, maybe two, three years behind their peers in reading. Also, because of that summer learning loss. Now I do want to say it's not always the, the the gap that we see between income levels. We can see some of these things happen at higher income levels depending on the family situation. So just know each situation can vary. So these are just general terms, general information. Now, I do want to say the effects of summer learning loss are more pronounced in the area of math. And that's probably not a surprise to anyone. Math is a nation we struggle with being at grade level or above grade level at math. And we see this in every demographic across the U.S. So one study found that students from all income levels tend to lose math skills over the summer. But of course, we know our lower income students tend to lose them faster at a faster rate. And that's what we know from the research. Now, again, it does impact all students, but especially those who may not have the same resources. So when we look at income levels, we're looking at access to resources, access to information, access to uh, transportation to get children to programs. So we have to look at all of those factors. Now, as a result, we already know this widens the achievement gap. And the widening of the achievement gap is particularly seen, again, below between the lower income students and of their higher income peers. And this cumulative effect of multiple summers of learning loss can significantly impact academic performance and future opportunities. 
So there is a domino effect that goes into play, which impacts, again, opportunities. And when we say opportunities, we're talking about opportunities for successful future outcomes. Very important. That's why it is very critical to address achievement gaps within groups. Sometimes we see these uh, these gaps uh, for race, uh, language, English language learners, and then of course for students with disabilities and also based on income level. So we do see these disparities and these gaps between groups. So keep that in mind. Now, I want you to do something. So imagine what happens when kids return to school. Those who experience summer learning loss spend time in remediation, while other students who have maintained their skills over the summer get the opportunity to be enriched, which allows them to be more efficient and have opportunities to get ahead. This is also a domino effect in place for this group as well. However, in this case, children are more prepared for success in their future. Think about that. Simply because of access, because of knowledge, because there's something that the parents are doing to make sure that their child is getting what they need. And so for those who are concerned, and honestly, I'm always concerned, no matter what, I'm concerned, I want to make sure my children are getting what they need. For those who are concerned about the summer slide or summer learning loss, there are some things you can do to ensure that your child does not lose that momentum. And yes, they often complain about it. But it's good for them. (laughs) It is definitely good for them. And we don't want to stress them out in the process. But we just want to make sure their mind is staying stimulated during the time off. We're not taking away their fun. We're just making sure that there is a balance. So just helping them understand that it's not going to be school. You know, you're not going to play teacher. Not necessarily, but it's so important for them to know that keeping their brains stimulated is going to be very helpful as they return so that they can get ahead or stay on track at least. So one thing you can do is make sure that you increase access to books. Now, access to books during the summer is so crucial for preventing learning loss. Studies have shown that Students who have access to books and engage in regular reading during the summer break tend to experience less regression. And if you did not know this, I used to be a middle school English teacher, high school, did high school English as well. And one of the things I really focused a lot on was reading, just reading novels, different types of books, fiction, nonfiction just so that they were stimulated all throughout the school year. And we really did see a lot of growth in those test scores because of just a sheer amount of reading. Just reading will enhance their knowledge, their vocabulary, 
their experiences, how they see the world. And it definitely pours into their writing, their comprehension, their understanding just by practicing that one easy, simple skill of a reading. And I always encourage my students to read something that they're interested in and just to have fun with it so that it was not a chore. So that's my soapbox on reading and how important it is to read over the summer. Now, the other thing that you can do, and this is something I also did frequently with my kids, definitely when they were younger, or if I saw that there was a skill gap that needed to be addressed, scope out intervention and support programs. Just look for them, look for them ahead. And it's not too late. You can always look for these programs, even throughout the school year for additional support. But Structured summer learning programs such as summer schools, camps, and enrichment activities can all help mitigate the effects of summer learning loss and reduce that achievement gap. I am so big on reducing achievement gaps. I feel that all kids should have a really strong opportunity to be successful, to uh, be able to have what they want in life and and have opportunities to to take advantage of different things. So like internships or uh, college or even concurrent enrollment, whatever it may be. It could be special programs that they get into, a college experience, it, it just whatever it may be. But having at least an opportunity to do things they typically would not have access to do if it was left to the parent. So here's one example for me. My son had an opportunity to tour Google. Now, this came because someone in his school had a connection with someone at that at that facility who had broken barriers. And without that connection, I would not have been able to get my son that very rare opportunity. But this person was because he had worked hard, he was in the right program. So he got this wonderful opportunity to go and experience it. And it really opened his mind to a world of tech. So you just never know how these opportunities are going to play out. So again, That's why I feel it's so important to expose your kids to so much so that they can experience the world in a different way. And you never know what's going to stick and spark their attention and what they're going to do with their lives. So give them those experiences when they're young. So those two things are super important. But the most important thing you can do is be an involved parent. I cannot stress this enough. It is so important that you are an involved parent. So parents and caregivers really do play a vital role in combating summer learning loss. Parental involvement can actually account for lower and higher level income disparities. We can knock down barriers simply with parental involvement. It is at the core of making sure your child has what they need to be successful. So here are some things any parent can do no matter what your background is. It doesn't matter. You can always encourage reading, 
always, and of course I'm going to tell you that, I strongly believe in it. You can also provide some educational resources. Even if you don't know of educational resources, ask around, ask the schools, talk to people, look them up, Google it, find out what's in your local community centers, what kind of things might be free, what kind of things might have low cost. And if you can afford it, it may not have to be low cost. It might be a Uh, an opportunity that's worth the money, whatever it is, ask, research, find out so that your child has an edge and also engage your child in learning activities that are exciting and fun. And I often think about when my kids were younger, we would go on different field trips during the summer We would go to science centers. We would go to discovery camps and we would just do things that were fun. And I wanted them to know that learning and and engaging can be fun. And they still love to go places, even as they are a little bit older now. They love going on little field trips with mom and experiencing new things. So It's something that they get used to doing. And then, of course, they can pass that down to their kids to explore and to want to learn and have a love for learning. So I just want to share with you what I'm doing with my kids this summer to ensure that they do not experience that summer learning loss. I'm all against it. So I do my very best to make sure they're engaged all year long. So I have a large range of ages as uh, for my kids. So I'll start with my college sophomore. Now, I often or I always ensure that he is taking a few summer school courses, because it's going to keep his brain active. And for summer, or at least for colleges, the summer seem extremely long. You get out in May, you go back in September. What are you doing with your life, right? So I'm like, you're going to be doing something with all that time. You'll get some time off, but you need to do at least something. So he is doing a few summer school classes. Now, for my recent high school grad, in the past, she did at least one summer course each summer, even if she had band camp or whatever she was doing. And before she was in high school, you might say, well, what did you do before they were in high school? I, because I work in education, I was able to have time with them to do things during the summer. So that was one pro, I would say, to working in this field. And so I would take them on field trips. I would do a little um, projects with them and, and teach them a few things during this during the day and let them have their time off. But we would go places and learn things and uh, have new experiences and uh, just travel a little bit. But that's what we would do before they got really involved, whether it's sports or band or whatever it may be. But now she is going to be focusing on an internship in her area of interest so that she can continue learning and building on what she already knows. All the work that she has put in from her high school experience is not going to go to waste so she can continue working on those skills. Now, for my high school sophomore, I ensured that he is enrolled in summer school this summer. And this is going to help him in the fall because 
he gets to free up his schedule for an elective that he prefers. So it makes space in his schedule. What a great way to help your children get ahead by ensuring and talking with the counselors to get them enrolled in a summer school course. Now, sometimes you can do this to make up for a grade you weren't pleased about, whether it was a D or an F, you can do that as well. It will definitely boost their GPA. So definitely another option there. And still yet you're stimulating that brain. You keep them going, keep them thinking. And it's definitely something that I think is worth it. Now for my soon to be first grader or now first grader who has special needs, he will be attending what we call extended school year or ESY. And that is going to make sure that he has some skills that he's working on to uh, that so that he doesn't regress before the new school year starts. And plus, I have a fun summer camp for a week planned for him. We want to try that out. That's back now that things have opened back up. So summer camp through Parks and Rec is back open. And this will be good for his socialization skills with his general ed peers, as well as Sunday school. So he's always with his general ed peers in Sunday school. He does just fine. And I will also incorporate some light reading and math with him daily just to, again, keep his skills up, make sure he's not losing anything that he uh, he learned in the new school year. And for him, I will probably definitely have a visual schedule, which I did with all my kids anyways, because a schedule is good. I did this with my students. I did it with my kids. I'm going to do it with this one as well. So my little one. And I, I do this so that he knows when work time is and when play time is. And I will keep it light so that he doesn't burn out. So that's super important. We don't want to burn our kids out during the summer. We want to make sure that they're doing just enough to keep them sharp. So we're just keeping that, that iron sharp, right? Just in time for the new school year. Now, for the older ones, I also am really thinking about doing a joint book study on some financial life skills. Since they're getting older, I want to make sure that they have some knowledge and some things to think about as they are becoming uh, independent adults, I should say. And I'm going to be using the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because I think it's a great book just to have a great conversation it's a great conversation piece and we can talk about some of the elements and concepts in there. So as you can see, I'm right there along with you. We want our children to thrive and have just as many opportunities in the future as possible. So we are willing to put in the work, right? You're with me. We are willing to put in the work. So by now, I really hope that you are thinking about how you plan to ensure that your child's academic progress does not slip and slide into regression during the summer. And here's your challenge. Think about how you will provide a light structure to keep their progress in place. And as your loving reminder, I want you to do something, even if it's simply having them read, just have them do something because something is always better than doing nothing at all. Well, parent warriors, I hope 
that this episode has surely, surely blessed you. And you know, if it has, I want you to hit that follow or subscribe button so that you don't miss any new episodes. And as you think about the person that you care deeply for, the other person's kids that you really want to bless, that cousin, that friend, that coworker, whoever, share the link, parentthemsuccessful.com. And just know that you sharing this information can make a huge difference in someone else's parenting journey. Now, if you're the type of parent like me, you're serious about better supporting your child's growth and development, join my email list for more free content to help you on your parenting journey. And that's at strongermindsstrongeryouth.com forward slash join the list. Everything will be in the show notes for you. I really do appreciate you and I thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.